taking my time on my ride. These aren't my favorite songs. They're not even necessarily the best songs, but rather my life as the playlist. Those of you who know me or listen to my show know that I will always hail and revere the diva. My Spotify top artists of 2019 were all women, and I suspect it'll be the same this year. When I'm feeling romantic or wistful, I listen to Mariah or Casey Musgraves. When I want to feel empowered, I turn on Dolly or Beyonce or Britney. If I'm feeling upbeat, but with that ever-present touch of melancholia, go for Aaliyah or Whitney. When I want to hear contemporary artists with great vocals, I put on Ariana or Janae Aiko. If I want to sing along in the car, it's Taylor Swift, who's accompanied me on many a long and trafficy commute between campuses. Her simple storytelling and easy-to-sing lyrics are the perfect antidote to staving off road rage. I love Diva so much that I could go my entire life only listening to female artists. The few I've mentioned above barely scratch the surface of the incredible catalogs of these women, and you could tell I'm an 80s, 90s child because I didn't even mention many of the true greats who came before. This week, I wanted to challenge myself to expand my catalog of male artists, and specifically male artists with incredible vocal performances. I asked all of you on social media to tell me who your favorite male vocalist is and why. Who you think has the most amazing voice, who you can never turn off when they come on the radio, who you reach for on a Sunday morning, who plunges the depths of your soul and connects the way no other male artist does. Asking for your suggestions was fun, because I didn't get many of the obvious answers that often show up on lists like these. Nobody mentioned Michael Jackson or Prince or Axl Rose, who has the greatest octave range of all time, or Frank Sinatra. Instead, you mentioned some less popular artists, some I hadn't heard of, some I hadn't listened to in a long time, and some which weren't immediately obvious to me. All in all, I had 27 responses, all different, all great. And I'm not just saying that. I've made an incredible playlist for us all to listen to, and I hope you enjoy it. I decided that I would listen to the three most popular songs from each artist you suggested, and truly listen to their voices, to try not to focus on the lyrics or the music, but how they use their voices to connect with their audience. Yes, choosing their three most popular songs, and I determine popular based on their Spotify plays, is an imperfect way to go about this. For example, my favorite Mariah Carey vocal, The Beautiful Ones, from her Butterfly album, never even reached the Top 40 chart, let alone be one of her most listened to songs on Spotify. But I chose this method because, overall, it seemed the most fair, especially as the artists on this list are all so different. When listening to the songs, I imagined the artist was speaking to me, singing to me, and I tried to listen to him as if it was for the first time. This also isn't subjective, because some of these artists I've loved for a long time, others I've been indifferent to. Nobody suggested anyone I outright disliked. Your suggestions were awesome, and so I've had the joy of listening to some really great music over this past week. Still, I know that repeated exposure to something, especially music, makes it more likely you'll enjoy it, so my method wasn't as fair as if I were listening to each of these artists for the first time, or if I'd listened to more of their catalogs. I tried to bring in some objectivity by scoring each artist based on, one, emotional connection, how emotionally connected I was, because this is most important to me when listening to music, and two, how much the artists entertained me and how likely I'd be to listen to them again. But It didn't end up exactly like this. The numbers started breaking down. It wasn't as fun to put together this show 
quantitatively, so while I loosely judged on these things, I didn't include any heart scoring. But don't give up until true love will find you in the end. I can call you Betty, Betty when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street. Before I proceed with the list, I must say, I'm not a vocal coach. I have no credentials. This is absolutely for fun. And I completely understand if you're upset with me or think I'm ridiculous or have no taste at all because I fail to include your preferred artist in my top 10. That being said, let's jump into the list. First, I'm going to mention the artists who didn't make my top 10, including a few honorable mentions. This was not easy. I've crossed out names and added names, arranged and rearranged, and I know I've still messed up. First year selections that didn't make my top 10. Trent Reznor. Great voice. Great entertainer. Songs for the ages. Percy Sledge. Beautiful tone. Great range. A throaty southern soulful voice. And an actual icon. Tim Taylor from the band Brainiac. Energetic punk rocker. If he's your genre of music, you may love him. He's got a tragic story. Died far too young. Not my personal taste. Elvis Costello. A bare, honest, clear voice. For whatever reason, I'd never listened to him much, but I love his song Allison. I believe Allison, wherever she is, is real, and that every song he's singing to her is true. If this isn't the case, please don't tell me. Stevie Wonder. He was such a big part of my 80s childhood, and his song, I Just Called to Say I Love You, although many find it overrated or annoying even, is on the top 64 list I created when I started life as a playlist. Jason Mraz. He's entertaining, fun, very solid vocalist, but I don't emotionally connect with him as much as some of the other artists. He's good coffeehouse background music type fair. Eric Bloom from Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult was one of my favorite bands as a teen, but I never focused on his vocals, so it was fun to get to hear him. Cat Stevens. Here's another artist I hadn't listened to much, but really love his popular songs, Wild World and Father and Son. They're as resonant as they were when they were released, and as a parent, I especially connect. The Weeknd. I think he's one of the greatest R&B pop voices currently, and his album Starboy is one of my favorite of the past decade. If I made this list on a different day, he might make it on. In terms of pure listenability, he'll likely be more heavy in my rotation than some of the artists I included in the top 10. And what's with him not being nominated for a Grammy? Sam Cooke. I love his pleading, yearning, raspy voice. His version of A Change Is Gonna Come gives me chills. He's also got a fascinating story. I recommend watching the documentary about him on Netflix. If you're upset with me for leaving him off the top 10, that's justified. Patrick Stump, the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. I thought about including him on the top 10. He's underrated, as most people tend to think of Brendan Urie or Gerard Way if they're pop punk fans even though Billboard has called Patrick Stump one of the best voices of the genre. And I agree, he's got an incredible theater belt. Leonard Cohen. When listening to him, I thought of a park in the fall, leaves falling from the trees, sipping coffee while looking out the window. He's a poet, sings with honesty, clarity. Susanna's my favorite of his songs. Moses Campbell. Fun fact. Sean Solomon is who people consider Moses Campbell, and he's made music under this pseudonym since he was 16, but there's a small group of Echo Park musicians who play under the same name, 
His sound is poppy, his vocals warbly, but he sings about serious topics like suicide and alienation. He's one of my personal favorites on this list. Kurt Cobain, a legend, doesn't need my introduction. Not most remembered for his vocals, but fans certainly remember his MTV Unplugged performance for a reason why he should be. Chris Martin. I'm not a big fan of Coldplay. I find their music boring, so it might be my own prejudice leaving him from the list. In all fairness, he is a really strong vocalist, and if he's on your top 10 list, respect. Now, before we turn to the top 10, two honorable mentions. First, Ron Sexsmith, a Canadian singer-songwriter who's written 15 albums. He's sung duets with Chris Martin, and lots of legends like Rod Stewart have covered his songs. He gets the honorable mention for me because of his song Gold in Them Hills, which is one of the most romantic songs of all time. It would make a great first dance wedding song, or perhaps more appropriately, a 50th wedding anniversary song. When I hear this vocal, I think of hope, endurance, a cozy blanket, a splash of beauty in a mundane and sometimes ugly world. If you're unfamiliar with him, I highly recommend you give him a listen. Second, David Schelzel of the band The Ocean Blue. He's one of the artists I had as a question mark, included, and then ended up leaving off. A friend who nominated him for Best Vocals said she did so because of his calming effects on her, and I wholeheartedly agree. I've added his Sir Eileen album to my rotation, and in addition to his voice, I love the band's sound, so I'm so grateful for her suggestion. This brings us to the top 10 male vocalists as determined by me in this highly unscientific, subjective poll. Number 10. Brent Smith from the band Shinedown, whose band has more number one mainstream rock hits, 16 in total, than any other band. Prior to Shinedown, he played with the band Dreve, but began his singing career in high school. Check out his first acoustic project, Smith & Myers Volume 1, especially the song Not Mad Enough, which he wrote in response to the injustice of the murder of George Floyd. Number 9. Damien Rice the listener who named this Irish singer-songwriter who was formerly of the 90s rock band Juniper called his song The Blower's Daughter Perfection, and I have to agree. This song, his only top 40 hit in the U.S., is absolutely gorgeous, and listening to it 19 years later, it's just as beautiful as the first time. For pure vocal talent, he could fairly be placed anywhere on this top 10. His voice is instantly recognizable and chock-full of emotion. If you're a fan of Rice's, make sure to check out his cover of Sia's song Chandelier, which appeared on 2020's Songs for Australia benefit album to aid bushfire relief. Number 8. Frank Ocean. Full disclosure, he's been a favorite of mine for years. He's a critically acclaimed artist, having won several Grammys, and has been named one of Time's 100 most influential people in the world, has appeared on Forbes 30 Under 30 list, and the Wall Street Journal called him the most influential artist of the 2010s. Raised mostly in New Orleans, his upbringing is heard in his jazz funk sound, and his music is what I'd put on the radio for a romantic Friday night dinner at home. Writing for Insider, Callie Algram said that Ocean, quote, changed our very understanding of modern music, end quote. And he discusses themes like youth, innocence, lost love, loneliness, desire, and mortality in his music in a way that, quote, feels fresh and extraordinary, and makes the introspective sound universal and transcendent, which is why he's one of the defining artists of our time. End quote. Jacob Shamsian of Business Insider said that Ocean, quote, isn't just one of the most important artists in pop, he's one of the most important artists in all of music. 
If you haven't listened to his 2013 album, Chanel Orange, you absolutely must, although I highly recommend listening to his whole catalog. Number 7. Eddie Vedder Eddie Vedder has had a prolific career and was one of the greatest all-around musicians on this entire list. Known for his baritone voice, he also plays multiple musical instruments. A reader's poll with Rolling Stone placed him as the seventh greatest charting singer of all time, and this is where he ends up on this list as well. Born in my hometown of Evanston, Illinois, a suburb outside Chicago, he started playing the guitar and singing at age 12. He was a member of the multi-award-winning band Pearl Jam, but didn't become known for his five-octave vocal range until his collaboration with Chris Cornell with the band Temple of the Dog on the 1991 song Hunger Strike. Temple of the Dog was formed to honor Mother Love Bones frontman Andrew Wood, who died from a heroin overdose at age 24. Better stated, quote, That was the first time I heard myself on a real record. It could be one of my favorite songs that I've ever been on, or the most meaningful, end quote. Thanks to NetMusic, a YouTube channel that provides music-only recordings, they've isolated better singing in three of the band's songs, Alive, Black, and Porch. Without the backing instruments, although there are guitar solos included, Vedder's singing really shines and proves that the voice is one of the most powerful forces that a musical group has. Even better, we can love him for his social activism as much as his music. He's a gun control advocate who has consistently supported abortion rights. During the band's appearance on MTV Unplugged in 1992, Vedder stood up on his stool during the instrumental break of the song Porch and wrote, pro-choice on his left arm with a magic marker. Number six, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Why is Freddie Mercury not number one? He's number one on every single list. Again, it's just because I'm subjective and I'm wrong. He's top nearly every list of great male vocalists, and you'll find no argument here for me as to why. Just try to drive without singing long to Bohemian Rhapsody, or listen to Don't Stop Me Now without dancing, or enjoy a sporting event without We Will Rock You. Newstalk.com analyzed the pop singers with the greatest vocal range. Freddie Mercury was the only man, out of all 27 artists mentioned on today's show, who made the list. I was surprised to learn that nobody nominated the artist with the number one vocal range, with an even wider range than Mariah Carey, Axl Rose. But back to Freddie. If you'd like to learn more about his life, you can watch the 2018 biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, which, like most biopics, is a good introduction, but not 100% accurate. Or you can just enjoy belting Freddy on your road trips, chanting to him at hockey games, and dancing to him at weddings. Now with 22 artists down, I'm both excited and a little nervous to share the five artists I think demonstrated the greatest vocals in terms of emotion, connection, and entertainment. I know many of the ones I covered are your top five, so I'd like to remind everyone that I'm not an expert, and these are not the best five artists, but the five I connected to the most as I listened to all your amazing recommendations. Number five, Otis Redding. Otis Redding was a late mention from a listener, and I almost missed reviewing his music for this week's episode. And although, like most of us, I'm familiar with his most popular songs, wouldn't have considered him for my personal top 20 before this week. But wow, can this man sing. Because I don't have much Otis Redding on my playlist, a travesty I must rectify now, I'd completely forgotten that he died in 1967 in a plane crash when he was only 26 years old. When I think of the music this man would have made and performed over the past five decades, 
I feel a profound sense of loss. Thankfully, his legacy-making hits like Try a Little Tenderness, Stand By Me, My Girl, and of course, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, which was the first posthumous number one song in Billboard chart history, the song also won two Grammy Awards. Known by many fellow musicians as the King of Soul, a distinction given in part because of his open-throated singing, the tremolo vibrato, and his manic, electrifying stage performances. Number four, Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor might not be a household name for all my listeners, but he's one of the most versatile artists on this list. As the founder of the proto-emo metal band Stone Sour and the lead singer for the metal band Slipknot, who now also has a thriving solo career. Corey Taylor sings some of my very favorite metal ballads, including Stone Sour's Through Glass and Slipknot's Snuff. He also does a killer acoustic version of Wicked Game. Corey Taylor knew pain growing up, a victim of sexual abuse, who then suffered from addiction, overdosing multiple times. Corey Taylor told Loudwire in 2015 that if it were not for Faith No More, he, quote, wouldn't be here today, end quote. While recovering from an attempted suicide, he saw the band perform epic live on the 1990 MTV Video Music Awards, and the performance inspired him to begin writing and performing music again. His voice also spans an incredible five octaves. When asked by a fan if he prefers singing in the harsh metal style or more of the clean vocal style marking his solo work, he responded, quote, I do it all. I'm comfortable with everything. I get the best of both worlds, basically, with Slipknot and Stone Sour. And it's cool, because it encourages me to try different styles constantly, to try different things, and see what I can get away with, see what I'm good at, end quote. In response to the emotion he pours into his songs, he said, quote, memory. I haven't forgotten anything, and I wish I could sometimes. Maybe I'd be able to let go of some pettiness. For me, I've been able to work out a lot of things in my life. But at the same time, sometimes it's a curse to have a memory that long. But it's also an inspiration. So if I can use that to help other people work out their anger, then so be it. End quote. Corey Taylor has helped me, along with millions of fans, to manage and release our own pain through his vocals. And I'm grateful for him. Number three, Daniel Johnston. I'm totally cheating by including him on this list because he's the only artist nominated who has never made the Billboard charts, but his work is brilliant and honest and raw, so if you give him a listen because you heard him here, that's a great thing. Johnston, who died last year from a heart attack at only 48 years old, grappled with managing multiple mental illnesses, including schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, and he spent time in and out of institutions. Born in Sacramento, he moved to Austin, Texas in the 80s and was popular in the local scene, partly because he was a relentless self-promoter. He distributed his mixtapes to anyone and everyone he could when in public. His first brush with fame was when MTV featured him in a 1985 episode of The Cutting Edge. He continued playing the local Austin scene. Following a music festival he played in Austin, he was on his way to West Virginia in a private plane with his father when he had a psychotic break and grabbed the plane's keys and threw them out the window. Terrified but in control, his father, a former Air Force pilot, was able to crash land the plane in a manner that saved both of their lives. He had thought at the time he was Casper the Friendly Ghost and was hospitalized following the incident. Johnston grew a larger cult following when Kurt Cobain was often spotted sporting a t-shirt featuring Daniel Johnston's album cover art. 
He wore this shirt to the 1992 MTV Music Awards. Despite Johnston's mental health issues, labels fought over him. He rejected Elektra Records, who he thought satanic because they worked with Metallica, instead signing with Atlantic Records. In 1996, the Butthole Surfers produced his album Fun, which was a commercial flop, leading Atlantic to drop him from the label. He continued to play music to his loyal following, and later in life, also wrote comic books and created other visual forms of art. According to Rolling Stone magazine, he'll be best remembered for, quote, his warbly high tenor and simplistic ruminations on love and life on songs like Life in Vain, True Love Will Find You in the End, and Walking the Cow. On his best songs, his voice ached with earnestness and longing, features that attracted a number of high-profile fans, end quote. In addition to Cobain, artists like The Flaming Lips, Death Cab for Cutie, Bright Eyes, and Beck have all covered his songs. If you'd like to learn more about him, I recommend watching the 2005 documentary, The Devil and Daniel Johnston. When I listen to Daniel, I hear truth, and I see the world as he sees it, through his eyes. He's transformative, and his music changes everyone who hears it, if only by degrees. Number two. I'm just going all in on my cheating now as I finish off this list because there was absolutely no way I could be objective about this artist who, as I've mentioned on another show, was the most amazing artist I've ever seen live, and what a privilege it was to see him. Ray Charles. I had the honor of hearing him play and sing in a ballroom at a private event with only a few hundred people by private invitation and was in the front row, mere feet from the legend in his piano. Since I just covered Ray Charles and his song Georgia on my mind in my recent episode, The Five States Biden Flipped in the 2020 Election, I'd like to give credit in this episode to him as a vocalist. According to Yamaha.com, Ray Charles isn't just a giant of American music, he is American music. As a singer, songwriter, keyboardist, and band leader, Charles has left an indelible stamp on rock, R&B, blues, jazz, and country, often by single-handedly redefining the boundaries between them. Born in Albany, Georgia in 1930, Charles studied music at a Florida school for the blind before settling in Seattle in the 1940s. There, he developed a jazzy style in the mode of Nat King Cole. Charles said in that Yamaha interview, Quote, sometimes music comes to you like something in a dream. You hear it in your head before you even do it. End quote. He was an exciting vocalist. On some tracks, he was raucous and gospel-inflicted, and in others, smooth and stylized. He demolished the wall between R&B and country with such hits as I Can't Stop Loving You and You Don't Know Me. According to Charles, the one thing that kept his career going is the fact that he does all these different things. He says, quote, I'm not a blues singer in the same way you call B.B. King a blues singer. I'm a singer who sings the blues. Big difference. I don't call myself a jazz singer, but I can sing jazz. Anything I like, I can sing. I think the key to my longevity is the fact that I can do various types of music, and the people seem to love it, end quote. Yes, we sure do. He has one of the most instantly recognizable and beloved voices in the world. And this brings us finally to our number one artist, okay, my number one artist, my favorite vocals, and those belong to none other than the superbly talented Paul Simon. How I also cheated here is that I've loved Paul Simon since I was a child. His song, You Can Call Me Al, which, despite being a bit of a novelty song, holds up surprisingly well 35 years after its release. 
The song was my first earworm, as I remember waking up to it seemingly every morning for months on end on my alarm clock radio back in elementary school. Since this particular song's highest charting position was number 22, our local DJ must have just really enjoyed it to play it so much. What I love most about Paul Simon as a singer, because most of us recognize him as a prolific songwriter, is how much his voice emotionally resonates with me. It's not just that he's telling a story, but he's telling me a story. Me, his best friend, the only other person in the room. And he's not just telling me a story, he's also listening. He's listening to me. His songs are conversations. He invites you into his world, and there you stay, enthralled, captivated. I never want his songs to end, because I want to remain in the space he's created for us, the listeners. Even when he's poppy, upbeat, he's melancholy, there's this underlying sense of alienation. That idea of the shared human experience, sharing without ever being able to know fully. While critics have called Paul's voice ordinary and everyman, I think this is where his brilliance and genius lies, in his ability to authentically listen to everyone in crafting his songs and speaking to everyone while singing them. His voice is clear, bright, and his songs are as beautiful and resonant today as the day he wrote them. If you haven't listened much to Paul Simon, I recommend starting with his most popular album, Graceland, and then enjoy at your leisure all 16 of his studio albums, work spanning six decades from the 1960s through 2018. I hope you enjoyed this episode on greatest and by greatest, I mean once I liked in the order I like male vocalists, and I hope it inspires you to dust off some of your forgotten favorites and has introduced you to a new artist or two. I'm curious to hear from you. Let me know your thoughts on my order and your suggestions for future shows. And don't forget to follow Life is a Playlist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time. What do you love about music? To begin with, everything.